Hi, all, and welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadeau. And I'm Julie Lorne. And this is a podcast, two best friends on a mission in finding balance in motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between as we attempt to crawl towards the greater height that Christ has called each of us, sainthood. So if you are also far from perfect but are trying, then you are in good company. So grab a latte and some laundry and join us as we laugh, cry, encourage one another, and dust each other off as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey guys, welcome back to Latte and Laundry. So last week we just finished up our little mini series on sisterhood. And Jules and I are just really excited because next week we are going to be kicking off our very first series centered on the liturgical season of Lent. With Ash Wednesday coming up this week. Yes. Um, we just started talking about it and we were really pumped that we we're going to have this like six week Lenten series. And it's going to be based on kind of the on identity and our identity in Christ and what that means and what that looks for, looks like. But as we were talking about it and like, just kind of like praying over what this Lenten series was going to look like, Jules brought up a really great point. She was like, well, how do we even prepare our hearts for Lent? And I was like, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. (laughs) So we started really talking about it and we've really thought called to like have this episode kind of dedicated to what is Lent? What is it all about? The history of Lent, the meaning of Lent, the things we do in Lent, but really more so on how do we prepare our hearts for this liturgical season? Mm. So before we kick it off, I wanted to just maybe read a a quote or a a verse that like spoke to me as I was kind of like really praying over this whole idea and topic, which says, it's Psalms 1017, which says, Lord, you have heard the desires of the humble. You will prepare their hearts. You will cause your ear to hear. Mm. And I thought that was so beautiful. It's perfect for Lent. Right? Yeah. It's this whole like thing we're dumping into here is like, how do we prepare? And he will help us prepare. He will listen to the desires of our humble. If that's our desire, if he has his, right, he will cause his ear to hear us. So we want to dive into this idea of preparing our hearts for Lent. But I figured we might as well start off with like, what is Lent? Yeah. And what is the history? So if you want to kick us off with some of that, Jules. I would love to. Okay, cool. I, I first have to say, though, that is so beautiful. Like, we just have to trust that God will open our hearts to prepare for Lent. Like, we don't have to do it. Right. God does it. He does it. He works in our hearts as long as we're open. And I, I think I have a hard time, like, trusting that, where I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? What are, right, what's the checklist right. that I got to do? What do I got to do? But God's like, listen, just open your heart. I will take care and of I the rest. I think that's part of my issue, to be honest, before we even dive in here, is I tend to get into a liturgical season like Lent or Advent. And I'm like, okay, maybe I might know what I'm going to fast for. And that's about it. But beyond that, <laughs> even like, sometimes I'm like, oh, no, oh, yeah, Lent. Lent. <laughs> we're like two weeks in and I really dropped the ball here. Yeah. And, but that's like about it. It's about doing the things, right? And it's not necessarily like, okay, are you fully entering this season? Right. And mm. the church gave us these beautiful liturgical seasons for a reason. And that's why we thought this topic would be such a good and important one before we embark on the Lenten season that's coming up. So. Yes. Okay. So we, <clears throat> as we we're going through, we we're just trying to trying to think how to explain what Lent actually is without getting too like classroom. <laughs> um, I was a teacher, so t- sometimes I get a little like 
Okay, well, I'll be class. your student any yeah, day okay. of the week. So, okay, so we talk about Lent. We talk about like what the purpose of it is. So God, God intends these seasons. It's not like a, a fluke that our church has these beautiful Advent and Lent seasons um, because they're meant to prepare us for something greater. Um, it's a preparation. Um, <clears throat> so um, I'm going to look at here. So the purpose of Lent to remember through the seasons the eternal truths of the faith, mm. to prepare our hearts for the ultimate sacrifice, for the Paschal mystery. So it is a preparation. It is a time for us to um, open our hearts for that sacrifice that Christ mm. made. So that is the intention. Um, it's not a time for us just to be like doom and gloom. It's meant for us to be um, uh, to be active, to be participating mm. in the season. We're not to be like weeping all the time, walking around like, oh, I gave up chocolate. I'm miserable. Like right. it's it, There's purpose to it. So when we look at Moses going through all that they did, all the Jews were um, struggling. They were fighting with Pharaoh. They were fighting to get out. Um, and they ended in this, this kind of horrific situation. They were ending with um, the sacrifice of the lamb. So what they went through, they didn't want to forget. They didn't want this memory of their sacrifice to be forgotten. So we have, you know, they go through the 40 days in the desert, 40, 40 years in the desert, um, which again, we'll come back to. But then we have this, this new Passover. We have this, this ending of Christ taking on that sacrificial lamb. He took on this final ending and he elevated it to a new level, a glorified level. Um, so that's what we're going to. And so we're really just mimicking what the, the Jewish community, what their, what their beautiful faith is all about is, is this, this Passover. So it's not something the church has created. These seasons are, are meant for something. They're meant to prepare. They're meant to help us through it. So I just want to read something here. It says um, uh, from Joel, the book of Joel, chapter two, it says, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Mm. And that's, I mean, I feel like a lot of times with Lent, we forget the history behind it. We forget mm. what people went through and what Christ did with Passover and elevating it. And I think like sometimes I enter these 40 days like, ah, well, 40 days, when does it start and when does it end? When can I get back to my chocolate yes. or my TV or whatever it is I fasted from? And I think it's really interesting when you look, like you said, at the significance of 40 in the in Bible history, in biblical history. I mean, okay, let's look. In Noah's Ark, right? Yeah. When Noah's on the Ark, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, yep. right? Then we have Moses. Moses, who stayed on Mount Sinai and fasted for 40 days. When he, he received no food or drink. And he was like, oh my gosh, for 40 days. And then that's when he received the Ten Commandments. There's all these like things, these beautiful things that come, right? It's like Noah was in the Ark. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And then there was like the covenant with our Lord and the rainbow and all that. And then Moses. And then it, the, the um, climax of that is the receiving of the Ten Commandments. And the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years before they were able to enter the promised land. And then Jesus himself was, yeah. was presented in the temple 40 days after he was born. I mean, we hear 40, 40, 40, 40. And then lastly, Jesus got himself fasted in the desert for 40 days yeah. where he was tested. Even Christ. Right. Even Christ. So if he did it as an example for us, um, I think that just exactly shows like, why? But why? Because mm -hmm. we need to rid ourselves of what we're holding on to. We need to, 
we need to um, remind ourselves who Christ is, and we need to let go of those things that are are blocking our way to Absolutely. letting Christ in. Yeah. So whatever we're holding on to, you know, whether it's uh, food, whether it's an addiction, whatever it is that we're we're just not letting go, we aren't letting Christ into those like crevices totally. of our heart. Totally. Right. So yeah. that's where you know the church is so brilliant, and the church is so beautiful in its wisdom to know we actually need this. Hundred percent. And it's not something we take lightly. And that's why I thought when you brought up the idea of like, how do we prepare our hearts for that? I was like, you know what? I don't think I've actively prepared myself for that. And I was reading this thing that some coach had written, some basketball coach had written or said, where he says like, okay, so right now we're in like the preseason. We're in the preseason of this liturgical season of Lent, right? And he says like, preseason preparation is critical. It helps us understand our goals and commits us to success, right? So, like, that's us right here. That's where we're sitting right here. Like, if we enter our hearts into this place, this preseason place of trying to have our hearts, like you said, open to God's working and actively participate with Him, the fruits that will come out of that are so much stronger. And I continued on to say, one thing that unites every player in the world during preseason is the power to choose. When the season is here, if you're in great shape, it's because you made the choice. To be in great shape. And I could so Yeah, they did the work for it. Right. Like you could so clearly see that as it relates to our spiritual shape, right? If you will. Like if we actively, and I mean, a lot of us are busy. I don't mean like you have to go out and like do all these things, right? But it's more of literally prayerfully preparing your heart Mm. to be open for what God wants to do and how he wants to work within your heart during this Lenten season. I think that's the hardest part for me is we we are called to an active prayer life. We are called to actively sacrifice. And all year, but during Lent, it's supposed to be like intensified. Yeah. This is this is our time to basically like make up for the rest of the year where we failed. Like this is our time to, to really um, give that to God. And God doesn't like need our sacrifice. He's Absolutely not like, not. he's not like sitting up in heaven, right. like on a throne and be like, give me all you yeah. have. Like I need this. <laughs> like this is for me. He does it because he knows we need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, that that's perfect because it, it, it honestly, that leads right into my first thoughts as we like. So we wanted to maybe dive slightly into just some of the, the, the three pillars of Lenten season, which is prayer, fast, and almsgiving, right? Yeah. Which one's hardest for you, by the way? Hardest for me? Yeah. Great question. I would say almsgiving, and I'll tell you why. Not because I don't feel like I can give the money. It's almost, I don't want to say it's almost too easy, but it's almost more of like a checklist thing. Mm, Whereas like like the the other things, like I feel like I can like participate in all season if I can get my heart, like we've said, in the right place because it clearly is not always in the right place. But the almsgiving thing, I'm like, it's more like a checklist item in my heart. Like, oh, gosh, I got to fill those bottles. I better do that. Fill that, You know? Yeah. And it's not because I don't want to be charitable. And I know my, like, my heart feels called to um, be charitable. However, I just think of it. I don't function. You and I talk about this where Julie, like, sometimes checklists are really healthy and good for her. And sometimes checklists for me are really <laughs> bad because I just yeah. feel this, like, pressure and I'm not going to accomplish it or mm. whatnot. And I think the almsgiving one for me is, like, simply that where— if I could actively participate with people and it was like giving up my money with my time, more e- readily available, that would probably be easier for me. But I tend to just re- look at it in my mind of like, okay, do your checklist, give your extra money, and do, do your extra 
thing right now. And that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's a, like such a beautiful point of like, where's my heart in this sacrifice? Mm. Does it does it hurt enough where I'm like Absolutely. trusting God? You yeah, know, like and, totally. and is it, am I, yeah, like you said, like, okay, the money thing aside, it's a checklist. We did it. But well, how else can I give? How Absolutely. else? And I feel like you don't realize how much you do though. I will tell you, like your Bible study that you're running with the kids and, mm. and all these things you do with, with uh, homeschool groups, like um, you're a rock star. So Aww. don't forget that counts. <laughs> there may be tears over here. There may be tears over here. <laughs> Which one do you think is hardest for you? Rare, like without a so doubt. funny. We're so different. So different. Um, no, I have a really hard time. Um, I, I feel like we talked about this in a podcast. Like um, we're not meant to seek God out in prayer in our boredom. Was that no. something we talked about? I don't know. Um, but we're meant to like seek him out in, I don't remember the exact word that they use, but it's like, like we're it, it's supposed to be like a little hard. Like it's not Absolutely. like I'm bored here. I'll just, you know, sit a little, say a little Hail Mary, which is what I tend to do. Like mm. nursing the baby. I'm, you know, which actually is not a bad thing. But like, I don't sit and say, God, I'm giving you this time. Mm. So that's really hard. And I think this Lent, God's really calling me to- Ooh, I love it. Like painfully, like- no, I it's you need to make time for me. See, that's where we're so different. And again, it goes to the checklist thing because I think when I treated prayer almost like a checklist thing, mm. did I say all my Hail Marys today? Did I get my rosary done? Did I do my Divine Mercy of Chocolate? Did I do this? Did I, did I pray with the kids? Did I, me and Paul have morning prayer? Like all these things. When I go from that, I don't, I, the fruit is very, not that you shouldn't do it because God doesn't say you should always like absolutely. feel. Oh, absolutely. Right? There should not be a reward just because you're coming to him with prayer. Like he calls you to pray no matter where your heart is feeling in that. However, like when I like approach it from this checklist perspective, that's where I struggle. Yeah. And luckily for me, it's become way less of that. Like as my faith has really deepened over the last like chunk of years, I just feel like I have to be holding his hand nonstop. So I literally talking to him all day. I kind of probably look like a crazy person if you don't know that I'm talking to God and I'm like walking around. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm like <laughs> literally having a conversation with myself, but it's with God a lot. So for me, the prayer part is like, I don't be like, it's easy. I don't mean that, yeah. but I'm just like, it's just so fluidly part of my moment by moment, whereas like not the almsgiving, right? Yeah. That's a checklist thing for me that I would love to deepen. Like, and grow in that, like dive into yeah, it deeper. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So I figure we might as well just start with prayer a little bit. Let's and we're do not going to go so deep in every right. one of these topics. But all right, so I wanted to just start off with a quote that I thought was pretty good because prayer in general is meant to open our hearts to our Lord. It's not so much like what we can do by directing the work of Lord, but it's more about opening ourselves up so that we can receive Him, right? And Fulton Sheen says it so beautifully, and he says, We do not pray in order that we may change God's will. Rather, we pray to change our own. Mm, I love that, right? I love that. That's so hard, though. It's so hard. That's that control, like, giving up. And, yeah. And it's that constant, like, okay, like, I literally was saying it to God earlier today. I don't remember what happened. I don't I don't even remember what I was about, but I was literally, again, these are my little crazy conversations I have with our Lord throughout the day, where I was just <laughs> like, okay, just make me your clay. Like, just mold me and bend me and do whatever it is and let me, like, I'm praying to receive. Like, I'm praying because I know I'm not always able to receive. I know that I, like, put up my walls. I become this hard block. And mm. I'm like, well, God, this is what I want to do. And this is the plan. And if you could really make this happen. And when I really, it's almost like, you know, I've heard people say before, like, okay, if you don't have a strong faith in God and you don't know how to pray, then ask God to help you want to pray. Okay, and then people are like, well, I don't even want to ask God to want to pray. Okay, well, then you need to ask God 
to help you want to want to pray. Oh, absolutely. And then it just keeps going further back, further back, further back, further back, right? And it's the same thing here where I'm like, I know I'm not really moldable. I'm going to back up a little bit. So I can receive you. Like, I'm going to pray. Can you just like turn me into a puddle of hot wax that's just like, you can now just like mold me into whatever shape you want to make me. And that's like really hard, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I was, um, I forget what I was reading. I think it was something with Pope Benedict, but he, in one of his homilies, um, it was uh, like, when, it was Ash Wednesday homily, I think. And he was talking about, um, behold, I'm at the door and, and knock. He said, Christ mm-hmm. is knocking. He mm-hmm. wants to come in. And and I think in that prayer, like you said, it's, it's I want to want to pray. Like I, God, like mm-hmm. help, help you desire that. And what a beautiful prayer that right. is. Because that desire might not be there and that's okay. That's an, just accept it. Like, right. God, I love you, but I don't want to pray. Right. It's really hard. Uh, and so I feel like that, that not like, like, behold, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. Like mm. he's there waiting and, and he wants to help you through that. Absolutely. Um, I remember there was a time in my life where scripture was just like, I was eating it up. I was just like, I want to read everything. <sighs> I was like, just wanting to know more and study more and learn more and pray with it more. And, and I was just eating it up. And then that desire kind of goes, <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, uh-huh. I don't really want to do that anymore. (laughs) But that's that's God. God actually intends to do that. Because it's not about feelings. He wants us to push through. And the saints talk about it all the time. Even like St. Therese of Lisieux, like these great saints had dark the dark night of the soul. Right. And they didn't feel the presence of God anymore. And they actually were like, God, are you there? Right. So like, if you feel that, if you're like- That's a gift. Yes. Well, what I'm saying is like, when you do feel it, it is like a gift. And I think I heard like one of the first podcasts I think I ever listened to Father Mike Schmitz, he talked about this idea of growing up, right? And it was, it was so powerful to me because he talked about um, <laughs> um, a child learning how to um, use the bathroom. And every time he would do go pee-pee in the potty, he got a little M&M or something or, yep. you know, whatever. And he did this over and over and got, you know, a thousand M&Ms in the year he was learning to potty train. He's like, but you don't grow up and you don't become an adult. And you don't go off to college and come back home and be like, all right, mom, I went to the bathroom like 730 <laughs> yeah. times this semester. If you could please throw me like a bucket of M&Ms, like, right? Because there's like a beauty in God giving you that taste of that sweet reward of like, it's him like teaching your little soul, right? So I'm not saying, I agree, you won't always have the consolation of the feeling. Mm. Of but when you have it, it's a beautiful gift, but it's almost like a taste so yes. that you can trust him when it is feel dry and it does feel hard and it does feel like something that you have to push through and yeah. force your way. So through, it does right? feel like a checklist. Sometimes it's like, well, that's just the state of my life Absolutely. right now. I, I'm praying my rosary. I'm, I'm trying and right. I'm I'm distracted by my children or I'm exhausted because I was up all night nursing. And, and I feel like that's where God's like, but you're giving me your heart and you're yes. trying. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my goal with prayer, I guess. This, this Lent is... Um, adding in a little bit more, like, you know, a little more prayer, a separate time with God, but also just letting Him kind of guide where He wants it to go. Because mm. I, I do think He wants to speak to us. Um, and I, I sometimes, just because I'm not sitting still enough, long enough, He, has, right, he can't, you know, He can't speak to my heart because I'm not sitting still long enough. <laughs> and the funny thing is, too, I think we have to remember is He, he speaks to us all so differently. Yeah. So if your prayer life looks very different than a friend's prayer life, your spouse's prayer life, like, and my spouse and I talk about this all the time, like he works in us in very different ways. And Jules and I talk about this also in our, just our relationships with Christ of like how he speaks to our hearts is so differently, but it's because he knows us and nobody knows us like our Lord knows us. He knows how we need to hear him. And even sometimes if it is in that dry way, he knows how to push your stroll and 
soul and stretch your soul. And, and that might be by having you not feel any consolation when you're praying. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's beautiful. And and it's important. Um, so what should we do? Should we move on to, uh, fast? Let's do fasting. I feel like when you think of Lent, that's what you think of. A hundred percent. You're like, what are you giving up for Lent? You talk to somebody in the Lent season, like, so what'd you give up? And it's always like chocolate. Yeah. Co- I would never give. I'm sorry. I would never give up I coffee. Never I give up coffee. so much props. I know. People but someone that. at Franciscan, I remember, said, um, when when you give up coffee, everybody else makes that their sacrifice. Because you're you're in such a bad mood all the time. Oh. So it's like, it's so that's true. actually more of a sacrifice for yeah. others around you. And I was like, that would be me 100. Like, my children would actually, that would be their life. Yeah, yeah, they're sacrifice. like, <laughs> I did it for you to get your soul to heaven. <laughs> so it will not be that. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, no, fasting. Okay, so I think the idea of fasting is so important, right? Yeah. So St. Saint, Saint Basil actually talks about fasting. Um, it was actually ordered in paradise. So this is really cool. I did not know this. St. Basil, rock star. He says, um, they were actually ordered by God not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And that was the first fast. fast. Love it. So it goes back to the beginning of time in in its perfection of paradise like god was asking them to fast from this tree mm. and so you see that brokenness that inability our human flesh or human desires like we fall and and i know there's been times in my lenten journey where i'll be like oh i had i had i deserve you know like <laughs> yeah you're like oh, true no true. but it's and it's you're like not, what feast day is it? Yes. <laughs> what feast day the Does solemnity this count? Does this count? yes yes mm-hmm. so i just thought that was so beautiful um that 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 actually is how God intended. So mm. fasting is not again something the church created. It goes back. It's from the beginning. I love it. Yeah. And like I think we like we could talk about this idea forever, but it's this idea that Lent as a like this period of sacrifice, this period, um, like you said, we're called to do it throughout the whole year, but it's heightened during the Lenten season. And it's really this opportunity to shoulder our crosses with Christ. It's like this journey towards detaching from our of detachment and self-denial. And it's really only when we empty of ourselves and you kind of touched on this before, but it's only really when we empty on ourselves that we can really be more full of our savior. Yes. And I think this is kind of somewhat of the idea that we'll get to um in our Lenten series, right, which is like okay, well what does that mean to be full of our savior? Like, I want to rid myself of myself. I tell this to God all the time because I am quite a sinful person. I'm very selfish. I'm very impatient. I'm very, like, um, I can be greedy. I can, all these things. And so I'm you're basically like, every human on the planet. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. But I'm like, God, just like, and you know, especially when you, like, go back to confession for yeah. all these things time and time again, and you're like, Lord, break me of myself. Like, empty me of myself and fill me with you, Right. And it's this idea that we'll we'll go into in our series of just like, okay, well, how do you be full of our Savior? And I think a lot of that is like, who are we? And that's this idea of like, what is our identity? What is our identity in Christ? And that's like what's really leading our Lenten series is this whole idea of like, okay, during Lent, we want to empty ourselves of ourselves. We want to unite ourselves with Christ's cross. We want to walk the walk of Calvary with Him, you know, and to really walk till— to enter the season that leads to this glorious Paschal mystery of the um, crucifixion and resurrection, right? Yeah. And I just think it's like um, just this beautiful season that leads us into a lot of like 
through fasting is this idea of like self-denial, self-control. And I I heard somewhere once that like self-control is the single number one attribute of a person that predicts their success in life. Oh, I love that. And fasting, I'm like, that is such a practice. Because that can go that can go in like a very it can go in a religious direction, but it also can just be like in a general life situation when you're talking about your job or you're talking about sports. Oh, you know, self-control. I look at my kids all the time. I was like, you really gotta work on that self-control. But then I'm like, I look at myself and I'm like, I do too. Am I? (laughs) I'll be like yelling at my kids and I'm like, you can't yell at your siblings. (laughs) Stop yelling. You need to have self-control. Oh, that makes me feel better. And then I'm like, oh crud. And they're like, look at me, and they're like, Mom. Okay, so I have to just, I just have to tell you the story right now. And I think I was telling you this earlier, but my family has started this thing that we call the redo. And I love this. Okay, so it's this idea of, and you heard us weeks ago talk to Bonnie Landry of just like really kind of getting into more of like disciplining and discipling our kids more through walking with them and holding their hands in relationship. Um, and so I've really been trying to like prayerfully grow in how I, you know, my husband and I try to help our children grow and to be these amazing, awesome humans. And there was this idea of, okay, well, I don't want to give out these harsh consequences. I don't want to do the yelling I'm doing all the time. I really want to change the way our family operates. Right. And I, and I think we're an awesome family, but you know, there's the dysfunction of like hot messes. Right. So I, one, I don't know. Maybe I heard it somewhere. I don't recall. I listened to like a thousand things. Honestly, I listened to like literally at the same time, I'll be listening to like 10 different podcasts, reading five different books. I just am like kind of a sponge and love to absorb all things. So I'm sure I heard this somewhere. So high five to whoever maybe gave me this idea. So I'm yes. so sorry. I can't credit anybody right now. But it's this idea of like a redo where, and we do this all the time. I, you, I've done this in my parents' life. And I'm sure most of any of our listeners have done this themselves where, your kids have an argument, something happens, and you're like, okay, hold on. Nope, let's try that again. Or they're like, mom, I want milk. And you're like, oh, mm, okay, try again. And they're like, <laughs> mom, could I please have milk, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, but it really, like, okay, so I've done things like that my whole parenting period. But it's really turned into this more of, like, new way of life in our home where um, when somebody, kids have fights, I explode. Things, all these different things that happen. We're like, stop. Okay, come here. Let's redo. And the the people engaged, so like two of my kids, for example, might have had like a blowout fight. And I'll be like, okay, redo. And they literally have to keep redoing it. I don't even have to be like, you were wrong or you were wrong or go to your room or none of this. Because literally they have to keep redoing it until they get it right. And I'm, and it's, I'm have such like a peaceful disposition yeah. about it because I'm not even like angry because I'm like, oh, they're going to have to figure it out because they're <laughs> going to have to redo this 40 times. And I'm not impatient with it because it takes so much of my emotion out of it. And so it's beautiful. It's been really beautiful and humbling. And I think the, to be honest, the biggest part that came out of it is the fruit it bears for my husband and I in redoing of things that happen between us and redoing things that happen with how we treat our children. I love and that. And I would have never guessed it when I started putting this into practice in our home. But it first happened the other day where like something happened. It wasn't even big, but um, I think one of my sons said something to me. And I was like, no, not right now. I'm da-da-da-da-da something with dinner. And all of my kids looked up. They were sitting down at the, at the kitchen island. And they all looked up at me and they're like, ugh, redo. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. and it was like such That's a call. Awesome. It was such a call out. But they weren't like, mom, you're mean or Wah, or nothing. Yeah, it's just yeah. like this really humbling way to be like, and I was like, yep, 
Yep. Absolutely. And then I was like, oh no, sorry, pal. Can't do it now because I got to cook. And like, it just, it's like this really quick way to soften us up and um, be able to relate with our kids. And uh, my husband and I have done it literally where the two of us will be bickering or something. And one of my kids will be like, hey, 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 redo. <laughs> and then we'll be like, we, we laugh. It softens us yes. up so quickly. We read to it. Yeah. And uh, it's just been this really beautiful thing. Um. Anyways, the whole reason I bring that up. I was going to say, I feel like God does that with us, though, where he's just like, okay, hey, we're going to go down this We're just going to, I'm going to let you retry this. I'm going to let you, you yes. know, like that's such a tender, beautiful way to do it. I Well, I love it. So what I, why I bring this up is this idea of like self-denial. And it's mm. been really clear through this redo in my home that I have to really grow in self-control and self-denial. Because it's not like, right, we're talking about fasting and Lent, which is like, often a physical thing of like not eating something. But this whole idea of self-denial, self-control is such a disciplinary act, right? And it's even like how you look at us. So much of my life is mothering and my wifehood. And I fail at it in really minor ways all the time. And this like new practice of the redo is just like beautifully made me so aware of my weakness and how I fail in that way. But it's just been so beautiful because it's so humbling of how to like, all right. That's like your family's fasting. Yeah. That's yeah. Like how you're doing it like, together right, as a guys, team. All right. You got to redo that, mom. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's, it's been actually really fr- fruitful. I don't think I've yelled at my kids. For a while. Wow. That's, and I mean, I might need to take this on because okay, I, I, I feel like I yelled at them like 20. I mean, yeah, maybe not. Well, but. normally I do. And of course, you know how these things work. This could be what's been working for a few weeks and it could go away tomorrow. Right. But it's working right now. But it's working right yeah. now and it's helping my marriage. It's helping me like just humble myself in front of our kids. And even especially like my husband, who is way closer to heaven than I ever am, to be honest. Like he's just <laughs> naturally a more selfless, just amazing human. But one of the things he struggles with is being able to say sorry. And so, I, like, even the other night, there was something that happened. And he, like, one of the kids did something pretty horrific to another child. And he came upstairs and he was, and he doesn't, it does not, it takes a lot to make my husband get, like, right. angry. Because he's just, like, I'm the, like, pretty passionate, fiery one. And he's just kind of like, okay, guys. Right? <laughs> so he got real angry and like lost his temper and whatnot. And it was just so beautiful because normally like, then we would have, you know, talked it out, things Mm. go over and move on. But he literally like within like two minutes was like, and we do it to ourselves all the time. He's like, everybody was like a disaster. Everybody's like crying and everybody's upset, including like all the kids. And he like walks back downstairs and he comes back up and he's like, all right, we need to redo. Like he just was like, and he just like redid the whole thing. Nobody called him out. And that's been the beautiful part too, is this whole like lack of self-control that I'm struggling with is I quickly will see it. I'll like say something snappy to one of the kids and they'll walk away. And then I'm like, come back, come back. Redo, redo. Ask me again. I'll try again. Instead of having it be this full conversation of like, let me get on my knees. Not that we shouldn't apologize when we hurt one another because we should, but it's not this huge process. It's now, let me just redo what my heart really wanted to do with you, but my sinful nature got in the way. Yes. And it's just been really good. And oh, it's so, really so humbling. perfect, Don. Exactly what you're talking about. I, I want to know how many people now listening to this are going to try this. The redo. I'm totally going to try it. You should it. totally try it. No, for real. It, because it actually Susanna funny. and I both, like, we both agree we're very fiery people. We have mm-hmm. like, we're yeah. very passionate. passionate. <laughs> I feel like that's a very cool, a very cool one. 
We'll see. I love it. We'll see. I'll let yeah. you know. Yeah, I'll I'll let you would, know. I would love to see. I might come back like weeping. Like that was that's such a horrible. <laughs> no. Um, but I okay, so I want to talk a little bit about exactly what you're saying, like that whole idea of like self-control and and whatnot. So John Paul too. So we're gonna have a lot of quotes apparently this yeah. podcast because we it's okay, it's a meaty topic. It's a really meaty topic. And Suzanne and I were just Suzanne and I, we need like the the big guys. You know, we need people to help us explain what's happening here. So John Paul II, who I adore, um, he says Lent impels us to detach ourselves sincerely from mm. unnecessary possessions and even sometimes from our necessary ones. Mm. Those things which prevent us from really being as God wishes us to be. Mm. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's this whole idea of denying yourself, sometimes of, you know, good things, which, you know, maybe it's, a food of some kind, or it's checking your Facebook page, or, you know, those aren't bad and of themselves, but maybe it's that denial, that detachment, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if God is my center, he's my treasure. But Mm. if, if my, and this is something that Suzanne and I are like making sure we're checking ourselves on is like Instagram, the blog, the podcast, Mm -hmm. like we have to keep ourselves in check because it's easy to let that be our treasure. Absolutely. I'm checking on who's said what and who's mm-hmm. doing what. And for us, we we want to make sure that we're not making that our central. Mm-hmm. What's What are we excited mm-hmm. about? What are we passionate about? It's got to be God. So that's what that fasting does is it detaches us. It helps us have that self-control to stop and, and re-examine what is important. 100%. Right. And I think, I think I remember having the con- a conversation with somebody once about like, for a number of lengths, I've given up TV. And mm. I remember saying to them that like, oh, this is going to sound like I'm, oh, I'm so like above so many other issues because I'm clearly not, if you can hear all my stories of my needs to redo and such. But um, that God revealed to me through prayer that one of my vices is television. Amen. And that sounds so simple and so like, oh, well, it's so benign. It's TV. But I'm like, no, like literally when I... Just like I'm done with anything. I'm just like, all right, let me just binge some television. And it was like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm not saying that that needs to be time that you're always like, okay, let me open my prayer books. Let me do all this spiritual deep stuff. But it's just like sucking you away from whether it's good conversations with your spouse. Because instead of just being, you know, vegetables, sitting and watching TV all night, every night. And that that was my problem was that it was, that became my center. That became the thing I looked forward to every day. And you can't, that there's nothing, that's where it's like, this is all the, like the whole idea of like balance and perspective because watching TV, my friends, is not bad. I do love my television, watching movies, all that stuff is great. But it's when those things become your center focus, when those things become your God, that maybe they, there is something to look in deeply in your heart. And I think that's this idea, right, of preparing our hearts for Lent. Like, what is it? Prayerfully discern. Bring it to God and say, please, like, open my eyes and help me reveal to me what it is that is keeping me from making you my everything. And it's really hard. This world has so many distractions to keep us. And the devil is so sneaky. He knows how to distract us from making God our center focus, right? So, but like, if you ask for that prayer, like, I, I wholeheartedly believe, like, he will deliver. Like, he will open your eyes to like, hey, and it can be something simple like TV that it's not poisonous. Not it's not simple. It's, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. when I say simple, I mean, like, it's not something you need to go to confession it's for. True. Like, yeah. the sinful, like, you're not like, oh, gosh, I'm breaking some moral bounds yeah. here. It's like, I'm watching too much TV. I remember that I knew I was disordered in how much I love TV and movies and all that when someone was like, oh, no, we don't watch TV. 
I was like, wait, mm, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? That's a thing. <laughs> like that's a, that's a thing that your family. Like I was, but I literally go, what do you do? do. <gasps> I was like, well, I don't understand. Like, how I, can you live without that? How is that? Yeah. I was like, and she goes, no, we don't even have a TV in our living room. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was so hard for me. And um, Mike and I did, we have a past few lens, given up TV. Um, and it was, it was really hard, I feel like, the first week. Because it's my mm-hmm. natural inclination, sit down, put on the TV. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so once the kids are in bed, that's like my cozy time. We get a little snack. We watch a show. And again, in balance, with balance, it's not a bad thing. But I knew for my soul, mm-hmm. there was an like I was so I desired it. I wanted. I wanted that time. Oh, to, you yeah. You know. Oh, 100%. so I after that after Lent, I was like, okay, okay. This is. I I feel like I'm back in order. I feel yeah. like you know. Yeah, it's so beautiful. But that's yeah, like it's a good detachment. It is a good detachment. That's the whole goal, right? It's this journey towards detachment and self denial, yeah. empty of ourselves and more full of our Lord. Amen. And so that's like this beautiful practice of fasting and self denial and. So I like think that we just really need to like pray over what is that going to look like this Lent for me? Change it up a little bit. If you've been fasting from sweets every Lent for the last 30 years, maybe there's something else. Change it up. Yeah, maybe change yeah. it up. And you can continue to fast from sweets as well as something else yeah. if you want, you know. But- my, my friend reminded me that when we were in college together, um, we had this like sweet little dorm room and we decided for Lent we were asleep on the floor. And she, I forget what we were even talking about. We haven't talked in a while. And she goes, hey, do you remember? Remember when we did that? And I was like, oh my gosh, that was such a cool, like, it was, it was like, it wasn't really a huge sacrifice, but it was like something where I was like, I never would have thought to do that. But she brought it up and she goes, would you want to do that with me? And I was like, I would love to do that. So for 40 days, we slept on the floor. Oh my god! It was really cool. Like I know now we couldn't. My husband's back would be a disaster, but (laughs) we're too old. We're too old, Suzanne. (sighs) Yeah. So we do we want to get into almsgiving? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Got it. I mean, we talked a little bit about it already, so I feel like this yeah. will be a quicker one. Yeah. All right. Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2462, says that almsgiving is a witness to fraternal charity. It is a work of justice, pleasing to God. So it's just, and it's a pinnacle of mercy, in order to give of ourselves and of our goods for the sake of others. Right? Mm, yeah. And that's like the idea. And there's no better time than the season of preparing for this sacrificial paschal mystery of Christ dying on the cross and rising, right? Yeah. And this idea of like giving of yourself, your goods for the charity of others. Yeah. Right? John Paul, he almost all of his um, Wednesday, Ash Wednesday homilies, like if you go through each year, all of his Ash Wednesday homilies, are basically about that. Ugh. That idea of charity. Like, you're you're doing it for Christ. Like, every time you give to somebody, every time you mm-hmm. sacrifice for someone, every time you, you know, clothe the naked, feed the poor, mm-hmm. all these things, you're doing it for Christ. Absolutely. So his homilies are really, I think, focused on this idea of almsgiving, um, which I did not connect the dots until literally this moment. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, I was like, oh, JP too. He just He's- knows. He's so, I don't know, like he— that man, if if you can go back and read them, they're they're quite beautiful. But but what I think is kind of neat too is like right, we, you talked about before this feeling of, and I think this is where God would want to stretch me. Maybe this land is this this idea of like this these little rewards we get when God does console our souls and we feel good about things, right? And there's a lot of times where through almsgiving and through charity and giving to the poor, we can feel really good, and we know 
we we know it intellectually and in our depths of our heart that giving feels so much better than receiving. It's like there's this um, homeless guy that um, walks the streets in the town of where we both sent go for our homeschool co-op, right? And a couple times my kids have been like, mom, stop. And I've always been one of those people. My older sister is kind of amazing at this. She will talk to any stranger any day of the week. And just like, she just has such like a, a grace for loving on people. And I do too, but I just tend to be more like, I've always tended to be more uncomfortable where I'm like, I don't know what to say. They'd probably be annoyed. Like I just, I play way too many games where she just has this like natural ability to bring joy in, in conversations with strangers. And so it's just crazy how my kids basically really pushed me and stretched me in this way where they were like, mom, I was driving. My, my daughter was sitting in the front seat. She's like, mom, pull over. I was like, I have no cash. And she's like, I have $2 in my wallet. No So we way. pulled over. Yeah, we pulled over. And um, she gave him the $2. And he was like, thanks, God bless. And then I had already ordered a coffee, a pre-order mobile coffee at the, like, the shop down the street, right? So I went to go pick it up. And as we're, as we're going, I looked at my kids and my boys in the backseat were like, should we buy him something to eat? Oh, And I was like, yeah, let's yes. do it. I was like, of course. So, <laughs> yeah. so then my daughter went in because she could go in by herself. And she, I stayed with the baby and the, and the toddler and the boys in the car. And um, she went in and got him a sandwich and uh, hot coffee and then brought me my coffee. And then we drove back and my boys rolled down the window and they delivered it and asked his name. And... Driving home from, and he was just so gracious. And driving home, like I looked in the rearview mirror and one of my sons, Noah, was sitting there and he was just like, mom, it's like, that was so, so good with Jack. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I just never knew it would feel so good to do something like that. I never knew how good it would make me feel. And it was just so beautiful to hear him say that. And I've, that has ended up pushing us a little bit harder. And it was really funny because um, the next time we saw Jack was in a weekend where three times, and we don't really live in an area where we see homeless people yeah. very often or people like in your face yeah. in need. There are plenty of people where we live that have needs, but it's just not like people holding up signs and whatnot. But within one weekend, three different, I ran across three different homeless people and I feel like by the grace of God, he just filled me with like, I feel like I was like living through my sister for a second. I was like, oh, I'm just like loving this person. I was like, hey, you, you want to come in this gas station with me? What <laughs> yeah. can I get you? You want to get a meal? You want to get some gloves? And yeah. it was this like beautiful thing. And God rewarded me by making that feeling within my heart, this like flooded warmth mm. of just like of seeing these people through his eyes, like the dignity of the people that often are overlooked yes. or overseen, yes. right? And I think it's so important. I remember, so I've mentioned on some of our podcasts before how I lost my brother tragically. And one of the things we have done over the years is on his anniversary, we go around and um, deliver roses because for his um, for his funeral, it was, we requested um, yellow roses. So on his anniversary, we'd get yellow roses and we would deliver them around with a little like... Um, divine mercy picture image and just say you were loved. And we would literally just drive around and bring it to strangers and drop it off. And I just remember we brought it to this homeless guy. And it was just, I remember almost crying afterwards because we got out, 
jumped out of the car. We would call it. It was funny because it was me and my siblings would be like, you've been rosed. Like is what we would say, right? <laughs> yes. And um, so we delivered it to this, this gentleman and he, he was like, thanks so much. He's like, you know, most people don't even look at me or don't even think of me as a person. Like he's saying all these things. Yeah. And my heart was just broken. He's like, I just, me and my old lady, he's like, we, she just had a real bad health issue. We ran into financial debt and now look at where we are. And he's like, but God bless you and thank you so much. And and it was just so moving to my heart of like, yeah, absolutely. Like look at the dignity of this man that we often just so quickly like oh, overlook so and overpass or we're too uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I, I often am to look them in the eyes. Not that I don't want to help them. If you ask, I would help, but I'm too uncomfortable. It makes me feel, you know, a sort of way where I'm like, I don't know if I should. Yeah. And that's where like when God can push us in these ways to like love his people, to be his servants and to love his brothers and sisters. Like that person is a beloved child of God equal to how our Lord loves me. Like we are all his beloved children. That is my brother or my yeah. sister in Christ. And so for us to be able to recognize that in them, but all of that to be said, part of what I think God is pushing me in this Lent with almsgiving is you don't always get the feeling. Mm-hmm. You don't always give and get the like, oh, that felt really good. Or like you said earlier, you get it, but it doesn't stay. But God right. gives you that gift. Like you're right now, God gave you that gift, which, by the way, I had no idea you guys did that. And that is so beautiful. That is unbelievable. And he's giving you that gift to to feel it. So that way, when it comes in, let's say, a year and a situation happens, you don't feel it, you know that's the right thing. You know? Like, he gives that little gift. So it's like a memory. Absolutely. And But that's why, like, okay, you get the rice bowls and all these things at church. Just because you don't feel it, mm. just because you're not the person handing it to that person who is in need and getting the reward of the consolation of seeing the smile on their face, yes. all this stuff, it doesn't, like, that's not always what God's calling us to. He's not calling us to only serve and be charitable when yeah. we can get the reward oh of feeling good. It reminds right? me, yes, it reminds me of my brother. It was so funny. We were we were getting ice cream and he was treating the family and we were getting ice cream. And so he, you know, they have the little tip jar. And so he, he get, you know, pays the money and I look over and he puts a dollar in, in the tip jar. But nobody saw, or he puts a couple bucks, I think. Nobody saw it. None of the workers saw it. And I'm like, they didn't see you. It doesn't count if they don't see you. Because that's always like the same. Right, right. You're like, you want them to know. You want them to know. Like, right, you just did that for them. We did that for you. Yeah. And he goes, it doesn't matter. Oh. I'm giving them, you know, and it's the yeah, same idea. Same like, idea. Yep. When, you're, when you're giving, um, you know, like you said, those rice bowls or whatever it is that you're doing, you don't get that satisfaction. Right. And that's really that's hard. hard. I think that's why that's I struggle. really hard. Because it's a checklist thing. Mm. But God's like, yeah, Suzanne, I'm not asking you to just do it for your heart, for mm. you to feel comforted. That's not, you know what that's I mean? That's not the purpose of that's it. That's not the purpose yeah. of it. When you can get that sweet reward, that's a gift. Yeah, But we, we're called to do it without the reward. Right? Yeah, I um, Matthew Matthew touches on it. It's a little bit on fasting, but I think it would apply to this as well. It says, "When you fast, do not look somber at the, as the hypocrites mm-hmm. do, for they dis, they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you." Mm. So it's the same idea. Same idea Nobody yeah. really knows what you're doing for Lent. Nobody really knows, and sometimes it's hard to keep going when people aren't really patting you on the back. But it's it's God. He knows. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, um, I thought I would give us one more quote. Let's do it. 
Are you good if we like? I have like you- a thousand written down, so let's just end now because <laughs> you do a quote. I'm like, I got like a hundred. Oh my gosh, just do this. <laughs> this let's is like do a this. meaty one. Okay. Okay. Um, so I just like this. If we if we think about this, right? If you think about the idea that maybe right now you're exhausted. Mm. Maybe right now your your soul's kind of asleep. And so let's enter this Lenten season. Let's prayerfully prepare our hearts for this Lenten season. And Pope Francis says it perfectly when he says, Lent comes providentially to awaken us and to shake us from our lethargy. Mm. Amen, right? Absolutely. It's like, wake us up. Open the doors, Lord. Let us be ready to receive you. Yes. Um, I know, I know that was supposed to be the last quote, but this goes so good. <laughs> like, no, I can't end with this one. I'm so sorry. Okay, no, please. So this is this is um, Pope Leo, St. Leo. Um, Mike gave me this book and he was like, hey, check this out. This is pretty cool. So he says, now is the time in which the souls of all men should be stirred mm. with greater fervor towards spiritual perfection and inspired with greater confidence so that purified in the body and soul, we may celebrate the supreme mystery of the passion of our Lord. Uh, this is the time. Okay, so this these two popes, like that was like perfect. Perfect. Like, okay, so Jules and I like don't really share a lot of what we have basic what God placed but... on our hearts uh, for the topic at hand. And I just felt like those two Pope quotes went together so perfectly. It's like this yes. awakening, right? This rising let's up. Let's do it. Like, let's this go. is the time, people. Let's go. Yeah, let's go all in and, and don't hold back. And if you fall, if you fail during Lent, who cares? Mm-hmm. Get back up. But let's awaken our souls. Let's, let's find what God wants of us. Amen. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week when we start our Lenten series. So excited to kind of dive into identities and our identity in Christ and what that means. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We feel so blessed you're with us in this and we will see you and we will talk with you next Next week. week. All right, bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to Susanna Julie's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on each week's episode. Please consider leaving a review and sharing with a friend so they can continue to spread God's message. You can also follow them on Instagram and latteandlaundry.com.